Remaining in the truth of Christ is at the heart of the extraordinary synod on the family, says Cardinal Raymond Burke, Prefect of the Supreme Tribunal of the Apostolic Signatura. With the synod beginning this week, Cardinal Burke sat down with Andrew Summerson to talk about his perspectives on the synod, on issues ranging from outreach to those marginalized in difficult marriage situations, as well as the necessity to proclaim the beautiful truth of marriage instituted by God the Father at creation, taught by Christ and upheld by the Church. Cardinal Burke was also one of the several contributors to a book entitled Remaining in the Truth of Christ, intended to help the Synod and the Pope as they work to renew the Church's commitment to the pastoral care of families. Your Eminence, you recently authored a chapter in a book about the indissolubility of marriage. What motivated the book, and what is its underlying premise? At the extraordinary consistory of cardinals that was held on February 20th and the 21st of this year, Cardinal Walter Casper gave a lengthy discourse on marriage and the family in which he invited a dialogue on on what he had stated in his discourse. And so a group of us decided to ponder more deeply a number of questions which he raised in his presentation and to respond to them in a systematic way. Thank God, with the help of the general editor of the book, Father Robert Dodaro of the Augustinianum, we were able to bring the work together as a service to the Synod and uh, above all, obviously, uh, to the Holy Father and his desire to present once again the the beauty of the Church's teaching on marriage and the family. Your Eminence, going into the extraordinary synod on the family, what would you identify as three of the biggest challenge to the Catholic family today? One of the biggest challenges is the defective catechesis in the Roman Catholic Church, at least in, I can speak from my experience in the United States, for the past 40 to 50 years. And so children and young people are not well catechized with regard to marriage. Coupled with that is also what has entered in these in this recent time in the education in general, the so-called gender theory in which the alienation of, uh, of human sexuality from its essentially conjugal meaning is now being brought into the schools through the teaching of, of things like gender theory and uh, also through the advancement of the homosexual agenda. This is a big challenge for families, and it's only in the family that these, that the true sense of who we are as man and woman uh, is taught effectively, both by the example of the father and mother in the family, but also uh, in what is taught in the family, and then catechesis to, to amplify that and to assist the parents in the fuller teaching of their faith. So this is one uh, major difficulty. Obviously, too, we're dealing with a culture, at least in the West, which is totally secularized and therefore denatured in the sense that it, when God is no longer taken into account and his plan for creation is, is no longer considered, but we have the pretense to decide ourselves on the meaning of our own lives and the meaning and destiny of our world, the family suffers first and foremost. And so the, the family today has to be especially alert to all of the subtle influences of, of the secularized culture, 
what St. John Paul II once called the godless culture, especially its insinuation into the lives of the members of the family and into the family itself through the, the mass media and above all through the internet and the, the horrible reality of pornography on the internet, which is causing so much damage to families. So the, the second big challenge, I would say, is the is the secular society itself and the, the challenge to, that families, Christian families have today to be countercultural. And uh, a third then challenge is the whole question of marriage itself and the effective presentation of the church's teaching about marriage, which is in fact also known by reason because uh, marriage is, is part of our human nature. Therefore, it's taught by natural law, but the faith illumines reason and helps it to uh, see the truth uh, in all its richness. And so we need to help especially young people who are the age when normally one is preparing for marriage or marrying to see marriage itself as a a beautiful call, a way to eternal salvation, not only to their happiness now on earth, but to eternal salvation and assist them in every way we we can. I think if we have the good catechesis of the children and young people, it would be much easier to to reach them with the the message of, of the church, the message of reason and faith with regard to, to marriage as they come into their young adult years. Building on that, how can we renew as a church our pastoral care for people who are divorced and those who are divorced and remarried? What we must do for those who are in irregular unions is to show the care for each and every one of them that we're called to share to every member of the church and particularly to those in most need. And there's no question that those who are living in a regular union have a very particular need of the church's care. And so I think the important thing for us is to to show them how, even in their situation, they can conform themselves, convert themselves more and more to Christ and conform themselves to him. It is not easy. It's one of the more particularly challenging situations in which a Christian can find himself or herself. But nevertheless, there is grace to to respond in a way that's true to the teaching of Christ and therefore liberating. It would be a big mistake to approach the situation simply from the point of view of, of trying to figure out how to admit persons in a regular union union unions to the sacraments which is a contradiction in itself and uh, would truly miss the point of the authentic pastoral care that that these these couples need and so the, the church has a long history of trying to help couples who for one reason or another are not able to leave uh, an irregular union to to live chastely and to to live justly as justly as they can in that situation. The Synod has attracted a great deal of media attention. How do you think the media's reporting has impacted the Synod and people's perception of it? Certainly, the one good thing that has happened is that people are very much aware that there will be a Synod or that there is a Synod on the family. That message has gotten out. The sad part is that the 
message is also in, in many of the media been colored by expectations which are uh, unrealistic and actually not true to the nature of the synod and even in a more serious way not true to the the doctrine of the faith there has built up i've experienced myself in, in talking with the faithful also i hear this from bishops and priests there's built up this expectation that the church is now going to change her teaching with regard to the indissolubility of marriage and and permit now second and third marriages and that for those in irregular unions there will be access to the sacraments uh, and these kind of expectations are are unreal they're they're not true to the work of the synod in the first place, but also they're, and as I say, in a, in a more profound sense, not true to the truth of what Christ has taught us, truth which also human nature itself teaches us. And therefore that part is, is, is very sad. And it's been going on now for several months, and that also is not a good situation. And this needs to be... Uh, made clear now the church's teaching and her her fidelity uh, to Christ uh, needs to be very clear in the synod. Uh, I like very much the title, I didn't choose it, uh, of the book, which I was a contributor, Remaining in the Truth of Christ. It's taken from the post-synodal apostolic exhortation of St. John Paul II, Familiaris Consortio. But that's exactly what the synod is about, remaining in the truth of Christ. With that in mind, what would you like to see then come out of the Extraordinary Synod? And I'm hoping that it will be, uh, how shall I say, uh, a taking up again of the great papal magisterium, which is a, a gift to us, uh, beginning with Casti Canubi, the encyclical letter of Pope Pius XI, the, the teaching of, of Pope Pius XII, and then in more recent times, the, the prophetic and heroic teaching in Humana Vitae, the encyclical letter of Pope Paul VI, soon at the end of the synod to be beatified, and the teaching in Familiaris Consortio, the post-synodal ap apostolic exhortation of St. John Paul II. And fundamentally, what I hope will emerge from the, the synod is this... <laughs> beautiful truth about the human person who has uh, written into his nature the call to uh, union, communion between one man and one woman, which is faithful, which is indissoluble, and which by its very nature is procreative, participates in the, the, the creation of new human life in the image and likeness of God, what the um, pastoral constitution on the church in the modern world referred to as the crown of marital love, the gift of offspring. And so whatever the, the synod's particular emphasis are, marriage preparation, uh, teaching on the, on, on the natural family planning, all the particular questions that what would emerge overall is this is the splendor of the of the truth about marriage as God created us from the beginning.